Section 71 of A Fair Mystery. This is a LibreVox recording. All LibreVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibreVox.org. Recording by Gaby Cowan. A Fair Mystery by Bertha M. Clay. Chapter 71 The Earl Reluctantly Ascends. Three days later they were once more at Linley Court. The Earl could hear of no opposition. He ruthlessly broke all engagements, sacrificed all interest and pleasure. His daughter's health, he said, must be paramount with him, and so it was. The only drawback was that Early could not go. He might run down for two or three days but until parliament broke up he could not be away for very long the earl and the countess were amused to see how both lovers felt the separation thank heaven said lady Stell. how ulrich you do not know how i thank heaven that our child loves early did you ever doubt it my lovely sentimental darling said lord linleigh i was not sure I was always more or less afraid, said the countess. She spoke so lightly of love, but now she seems very fond of Early. I do not think the woman is born who could help loving Early, said Lord Linleigh. He is the finest, noblest man I know. She shows her good taste in loving him. She will be very happy, said Lady Estelle, with tears in her eyes. She will be one of the happiest women in the world, and I am so grateful for it, Ulrich. It might have been all so different for the poor child. Lord Linleigh looked thoughtfully at her. Do you know, Estelle, I have an idea that Doris is very much changed. Have you noticed it? She seemed to me much fonder of Early, and not so strong as she was. I have not noticed any other difference. Then it must be my fancy. She has seemed to me more thoughtful, at times even sad. Then, strangely reckless, a strange idea has come to me. Do you think she has any secret connected with that former lonely life of hers? I do not think so, replied Lady Estelle, growing very pale. That was a strange notion of yours, my dear, sending her there. Still, those good people seem to have done their best for her. I believe, said Lady Estelle hastily, that she was quite as safe as she would have been under my own roof. I think I have noticed what you mean, a nervous kind of uncertainty and dread. But I am quite sure it is not because of any secret, Ulrich. It is rather because she has been overtaxed. I remember speaking to her about it some time since. She will soon be well now. Lady Estelle was right. Away from that terrible incubus, the dread of meeting the man she feared and detested, away from his baneful influence, she speedily recovered health and spirits. The dainty color flushed back in her lovely face, her eyes grew radiant sweet snatches of song came from her lips she was once more the bright gay doris whose winsome smiles and charms had won all hearts 
Lady Linleigh laughed at her fears, and for a short time all was happiness at Linleigh Court. Early came down for a few days, and then the wedding day was fixed. It was to be on the 10th of August, and when the wedding was over, they were to go right away until Lady Doris had recovered her usual strength. It was not until afterward that Early remembered how strange it was that she should have hurried on the wedding. When he came to think it over, he found that it was so. It was Dory who planned and arranged everything. He had but a quiescence. He had not been the prime mover in it, so it was settled. The 10th of August. Not many more weeks of suspense and anxiety, not much more dread. Her revenge and her love would be gratified alike. She should be Earle's wife on the 10th. On the 20th, when Lord Vivian came, she should be far away with Early to protect her. Early to shield her. It would be useless to pursue her then. Even if he did his worst and betrayed her, she did not care. Her position would be secure. Oh, it would be such glorious revenge to find her married after all his solemn oaths that she should be his wife and belong to no other either to him or to death i will deceive him to the very last she thought i will delude him until the very hour which sees me early's wife she bent all her energies to this it was easy enough to win from early a promise of total silence it was not quite so easy to win that same promise from the earl and countess she did win it though on that same evening that early left a superb night in june when the stars were gleaming in the skies and the night air was heavy with sweet odours lord and lady linleigh had gone out into the grounds the evening was far too beautiful to be spent indoors and she followed them they were sitting under the great drooping beeches watching the loveliness of that fair summer night the same thought stroke both of them as doris came to them that neither starlight nor moonlight had ever fallen on so fair a figure as this her long dress of white sweeping silk trailed over the long grass she wore fragrant white lilies on her breast and in her golden hair she might have been the very spirit of a starlight from her fair picturesque loveliness she went up to them and bending down to kiss lady linleigh's hand she knelt on the grass at their feet you are alone she said the two arbiters of my destiny i am so glad for i have a favour a grace to ask it is granted before it is asked said the countess but Lord Linley laughed. No, he said, that could hardly be wise. We cannot allow that. She raised her face to his, and he saw how earnest it was in its expression of pleading and prayer. Dear papa, she said gently, you must not refuse me this. I will not, my darling, if it be in reason, he replied. Early told me that you and he had arranged our wedding day for the tenth of august she continued dear papa dear lady linleigh i want you to promise that 
it shall be kept a profound secret for the whole world my dear doris cried the countess it is quite impossible said the earl besides i see no reason for such a thing why should you want it so it is possible she said i have been with you long enough to know that with you everything is possible why i wish it done it is my whim my folly my secret if you will i really do not see began the earl but she laid one soft white hand on his lips let me show you papa let me hear your objections and vanquish them one by one to begin with your train of bridesmaids they should be invited papa she interrupted i want none i will have none only mattie my foster-sister let her come no one else then the marriage settlements said the perplexed earl they can be arranged with all possible secrecy if you only say one word to your lawyers but the bishop and the marriage my dear doris it is impossible impracticable ridiculous i am sure that you will be sorry papa if you refuse me and something in her voice struck the earl with keen anxiety have you any secret sensible reason for what you ask doris he said gravely the old suspicion that there had been something strange in his daughter's life coming back to him with double force i have my own fancy papa do not thwart it do not oppose me now that i am so soon to leave you you will always be pleased to think how much of my own way you have given me in this instance let her do as she will ulrich said lady linley it would be cruel to refuse her listen to my idea first papa this is the sort of wedding i should like you of course can please yourself whether you let me have it or not i should like no one except mattie to know anything about it in advance of the day i should like my wedding also to be as magnificent and grand as you please all ordered arranged and prepared to be kept in london ready for me so that i may select what i want to take abroad with me then i should like early to come on the eighth as though he were coming for an ordinary visit on the ninth i should be quite willing for you to tell the servants in the house so that wedding favors flowers and wedding breakfast can be prepared then early on the morning of the tenth i should like to drive over the old church at anderley with early mattie and you lady linley if she will come no one else then to be married in that pretty church where the morning sun always shines so brightly and then go away with early no pealing of bells no jewels no showers of wedding presents no pomp no bishop with assistant ministers no ceremony no grandeur that is just what i should like papa i never heard such an extraordinary idea in all my life said the earl i do not know what to answer i should like you to have your own way but such a wedding for an earl's daughter is unheard of yes it is different to hanover square 
miles of white satin and lace bishops bells jewels carriages friends and all that kind of thing i know it is quite different but let me have my own way papa please pray intercede for me lady linleigh the countess turned to her husband let it be so ulrich she said he was silent he would have refused altogether but for the uncomfortable suspicion haunting him that she had some painful though hidden motive and that it was connected with that past life of hers of which he knew so little but for that he would have laughed the whole idea to scorn my dear doris i cannot understand most ladies look upon their wedding as the crowning ceremony of their lives the grandest event that can possibly happen to them the very opportunity for a display of splendor and magnificence i know they do she replied gently then as her hands clasped his he felt her shudder as though cold she raised her face and kissed him she clasped her white arms round his neck papa she cried although i am your own child i have never been much to you the best part of my life has been spent away from you i have never seen my mother's face she is not here to plead to you for me i shall have gone away from you and altogether you will have known but little of me i hope heaven will send you other children to love and bless you but papa do not refuse my prayer in the after years when i am far away and perhaps a fair-haired son stands pleading where i stand pleading now you will like to remember that you yield to my prayer that you granted me the greatest favor it was in your power to grant the earl looked down lady linleigh was weeping bitterly you hear ulrich she said in a low passionate voice you hear she says she has no mother to plead for her let me plead in the mother's place do what she asks i never did anything so unwillingly in all my life said the earl it is unheard of inconsistent ridiculous in the highest degree but i cannot refuse the prayer of my wife and my child it must be as you wish he saw even in the starlight the expression of relief that came over the beautiful restless face you promise then said doris and you too lady linleigh that you will not tell to any creature living except mattie brace when i am to marry whom am i to marry or anything about it i promise said lady Estelle. and i too repeated the earl although it is sorely against my better judgment my will my common sense and everything else never mind papa said lady doris you have made me very happy but even then as she spoke the tragedy was looming darkly over her End of chapter seventy one recorded by Gabby Cowan